Michael Chiesa. Forget about it. How you doing, Paulie? How you doing? How you doing? My very good Italian brother, Michael Chiesa. You see, he's in Italy. He's having a vacation with his wife. Yeah. They had the ravioli today. They had the drinks. It's after hours there in Italy. It's late night for Michael. (laughs) Michael, we have a lot to talk about, buddy. Yeah. Oh, my God. Michael. Michael, hold on. Let me get the microphone nice and close for this one. (laughs) Sean Strickland is the middleweight champion of the world. Dude, I like, so obviously for people that don't know, I'm in Italy on my honeymoon. I'm nine hours ahead of the West Coast. I don't even know how many hours ahead of New Zealand I am. All I know is there's no way in hell I'm staying up for the pay-per-view. I'm like, I'm going to watch in the morning. And me, not being as sharp as I should have been, I... You Check should stay Italy. away from your phone if you're trying to avoid results. Always. Like, you can't oh even open God. Instagram. When I woke up and saw Strong, Sean Strickland actually beat Israel Adesanya. I did not believe it. And you know what? He did it handedly. Um, yeah. Am I surprised? Yes. But also on the other side of it, I'm not. Because we also did say, for the people that tuned into the last show, Sean does possess the skills to make it a competitive fight. I said competitive. I didn't say he has the skills necessary to win. But... He proved us all wrong. I mean, this is one of the biggest upsets of the year, um, and and he he did a oh, yeah. he did a pretty dang good job of taking it to arguably the greatest middleweight of all time, bro. A lot has been talked about Izzy's night, right? Mm-hmm. Not being what it should have been, not being what we anticipated. Fair point, and I agree that maybe he didn't have his best night, but. We did say on this very podcast that to win, Sean would have to have his best night. And let's not forget that he did do that. He had his best night. Him and his team, even, and the game plan wasn't even executed the way they had anticipated. Him and Eric grilled takedowns religiously for that fight. And he never even really got to use it because he found the openings. He found the pressure. One of the things that real quick, I know we could talk about this one all day. We got a well, lot. I got stuff to say too. So, you know, yeah. before we get oh. to the rounds, Morgan, I'm sorry, Paul and I got a lot to say. So yeah, we're going we're to talk about the, the dude, the ability for him to block and neutralize the kicking game of Adesanya was something to behold. I even texted Eric that I was like, dude, the way he neutralized the kicking game, because that's where I thought that Izzy was really going to be able to chew Sean up. Not at all. Neutral no. block, check move forward front kick he throws that front kick that front kick has nothing on it other than a prod to the gut so he can stay right in front of you and keep you sean fights in fighting range 25 minutes without getting hit much yeah and the thing is too you know as well as i do paul it is way more exhausting to be the guy on your back foot for 25 minutes trying to counter strike as opposed to the guy on the front foot trying to bring the offense trying to lay on the pressure yeah and I'm not trying to make excuses as to why Izzy lost. Sean was the better man, fair and square. There's no way around it. But I think that Sean or Izzy, forgive me. I think Izzy really anticipated wrestling. So yeah. I think maybe in the back of his mind, he was just waiting for that takedown. I think maybe their game plan was kind of oriented around Sean wrestling. And maybe that's why Eugene Behrman in the post-fight press conference said, if we made a few small adjustments, we could win that fight next weekend. But that doesn't matter. What does matter is, We've had a huge 
just a changing of the guard this year. Wow. So many different champions, long reigning dominant champions have lost their titles. And Sean Strickland would be the one I would have least expected. So Dude. good on him. <laughs> uh, you can always expect the unexpected from Sean Strickland. And dude, and just from this sport in general, right? Like yeah. anytime that you think about other sports and, and how great they are, it's MMA will always have that value to it that you mm -hmm. you can think you can be getting people were garen effing teed. I was talking, I had it was my mom's birthday. I was mm -hmm. over there before the fight started. We had dinner with my brothers and everybody, and even my brother Tommy, you know, I don't want to throw him under the bus, but he was like, bro, tonight, like. <laughs> forget this like dude this yeah. he, i don't want to i don't think he said it's a joke but he might as well have just been like dude wh why are we even watching this and i was like dude yeah. because there's nobody else and it has to be sean he's he, you know he's next up Drickus. it didn't work he's out injuries injury. whatever it was. i have the same i have the same manager as him he's out yeah yeah he's out so it's like it's it's sean and he steps up and he's willing to do it and he did it and i i mean it was epic i mean yeah here we go and drake man listen if i do come back to ever <laughs> you don't know who I am. You don't know who I am. You don't care about me. Keep it that way. I do not want Drake. Keep it that way. Did you see American Top Team tweeted him? American Top Team tweeted him. was like, Dear Drake, please do not ever bet on anybody from our camp. Signed, American Top Team, also known as Dan Lambert. So, yeah. I mean, don't ever Drake. Don't ever bet on me and Paul. Don't even watch Roundup. I don't even, I'll listen to your music. Don't even watch Roundup. Get out of here. No. Anyone I mean, else, you, you're free to watch. Because Tune here's in. the thing. If he if he promoted Roundup, we'd probably go under quick. I mean, it, it would be a wrap. You know what I mean? <laughs> All we'd odds not. would be stacked against us. Yeah, we'd be <laughs> off. We'd be, be off air. <laughs> off YouTube. Canceled. Um, yeah, yeah. What, a, what a, I mean, that's that's the main talking point, right? And we will have questions yeah. about it. We'll have questions about some of the other fighters, too. Yeah. Um, I, I guess there's really not too much that we need to get into other than get into these five rounds. We'll have a lot of discussion points off of that. Co-main event. I know we have questions about it from the fans, mm -hmm. um, which was pretty awesome performance as well. So let's, Morgan, let's just get right into the five rounds. Let's let's get after it today. Who's next for Dos Santos, um, Felder Paul? What is showing for a short notice scrap against a savage like cop? I agree wholeheartedly. I was losing my dang mind here in my basement. Watching it with a buddy, so Bill. So good. That fight was so Dude, good. So good. That kid is yeah. tough as nails. The shoot the box kids, they all have this Charles Oliver. They all have this just energy and this commitment to bring violence in a fight. And dude, they're tough. You know, these guys are beating the sh out of each other to be yeah, able to perform like sure. that against somebody like Hop, who was having a good night and he couldn't yeah. get him out of there. And the kid kept coming back. Yeah. I mean, you got to give some, you got to give your flowers to Diego Lima. Diego Lima is a tremendous coach, OG uh, uh, of the shoot box lineage. Yeah. Uh, and that Dos Santos kid, I mean, way to step into a huge opportunity. DC said it best in the broadcast that he just doesn't underestimate any of these up and comers fighting their first fight against these ring fighters. Man. These guys that you don't know about, there's, they are hungry. There's a new guard. And a lot of times, Paul, you know as well as I do, these guys that have the number next to their name are not the youngest fighters in the game. So when no. you throw in a 23-year-old prospect that's got nothing to lose and everything to gain, good on Manel Cop to expect a tough fight. And to get to what MMA Alien said with this question, um, I would like to see him fight Sumidarji. Sumidarji is a ranked guy, but I think for Dos Santos – Let's give him a little break. Let's give him a fun fight with someone outside the rankings. Try to bolster him a little bit. Let's give him Victor Altamirano. I think that'd be a, a great fight. I think I like Victor a lot. 
and I think that'd be fun. And let's give him a break. He already jumped in there with Manelka. Yeah, yeah. Let's, for let's sure. give him a little less. Let the body heal, man. Let's build him. He's twenty three. There's no need to rush him, dude. He's another. He's that kid has a styling. He's he's you know the lighter version of Charles Oliveira, where mm-hmm. you like you talked about. If you give that kid the right fights, and listen, we talked about this before we started the podcast tonight. There's no gimme fights in MMA, as we now for sure know, right? These champions. Sure, right? becoming new champions, beating guys that they have no supposedly no chance against. That's the beauty of our sport versus a lot of other sports. You can gamble on certain certain professional sports way easier than MMA. You know, when friends ask advice, I don't even give it anymore. I'm like, dude, I no, like I wouldn't have told you Sean was going to win a five-round, four-to-one unanimous decision, all three judges' scorecards. No way in the world. But no. I agree. Give him somebody that's fun. That's a challenge because the kid is good enough. But yeah, yeah, like let's let let's let the rest rest him up a little bit and let him go and put on a, a performance, you know, not on short notice because goddamn do I want to see that kid fight again. And and the crazy thing is he made weight on just like two or three weeks. He made weight twice. Yeah, which means so. he's disciplined outside of having a fight like that scheduled, man. Yeah. And that's what you want to see. That's what Good you want. Good on those Santos. Yeah, it's like I know they got fight of the night, but that's like outside of Sean, that would be my the fighter that shined the most over the oh bro i i was raving about that kid's skills and his toughness and durability and pressure and and promise yeah and promise there's a lot of promise in that kid for sure yeah but again you don't want to feed him to the sharks again because he just Mm -hmm. got the top of the division right away yeah and held his own fantastically but it's like all right you had a great night let's give you somebody else that's let's give him the alex pajeda treatment (laughs) let's give him Let's give him Alex Pajeda treatment. <laughs> or Alex Pajeda. Alex. Alex. All right, round two, Morgan. Let's do it. What matchup is next for Volkov that makes the most sense after a performance like that? <laughs> Paul Felder's <God>. lung. <laughs> that God. is a piece of your lung. Oh, my God. I, it's, is it weird that I recognize that? that? <laughs> I didn't even notice that. You know why? I, it's been a while since I talked to that part of my lung. But um, do, you, do you still have it by chance? I did you get a man. did you get to keep it? Is it like in a container? That's that's in some biodegradable container that's been disposed of many many moons ago. In do you know Phoenix. how cool it would have been if you would have kept it in like a container on a chain? Dried it out, put it on a chain. <laughs> that's a piece of my lung. <laughs> I remember talking to the doctors about that. I was like, so Call what's my back, cardio going to be like? Get it. <laughs> like uh, you're going to be the same as you were, minus like. Point zero 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 one percent. You'll be all right. Tell me you want it back. It's yours. You you reserve the right to own that chunk of your lung. That's I yours. think triathlon grew that part of my lung back, basically. So I, I you're not human. Right. You're yeah. not human. Uh, back to the question. What's next for Volkov? Well, Alexander Volkov finds himself in a position where he obviously he's elite. This is a top five. This is a perennial contender. In the heavyweight division, it, it's it's time for him to start lapping the division. Fight guys that he's already fought. Doesn't matter if he's beat him or if he's lost to him. It's just time for him to start having rematches. Yeah, and th- there's one that stands out to me: um, him fighting the winner of Curtis Blades and Jalton Almeida. While he hasn't fought Jalton Almeida, that might be the next guy. But whoever wins that fight, I think that's the next fight for Alexander Volkov, um, and it just sounds good to me. That's just that's that's my two cents. Yeah, yeah. I mean, dude, he's number seven. He's fought everybody. Yeah. Everybody, he, everybody, dude. 
He looked good, man. His English is getting great, too. Like, he's doing great interviews now. He's definitely trying to step up his promotional game for himself. On the embeddeds, and I was watching the countdown and stuff, like, I I like this dude. I I think he's got a sense of humor and a funniness about him that we can't quite get through in translation. And now that he's starting to, like, show himself a little more, I mean, the dude's been around forever, but really we didn't get to know him too well, right? He's just a scary Russian guy. And now it's like this dude's kind of a goofball that can freaking fight. And I feel like he, for how old he is, I feel like he's really coming into his element. Like that just yeah, how old is Volkov now? I think he's like 34. He's a little he's like a year or two younger than me. But in fight years, he's got a ton of pro fights. And yeah. I just feel like that's the bet when when Volkov's on, he looks like a guy that could be heavyweight champion. But when he's off, he just looks like for we lack of better words, I don't mean to be disrespectful. Though, man. He, if he's having a bad night, he doesn't look like he belongs there. But who am I to say? When I lose, yeah. I get darts choked by everybody <laughs> and their mother. But when I'm on, I look like he could beat anybody in the world. Michael, he's only 34. Oh, wow. Well, geez. but in fight years, he's got a lot of pro fights. That's know? true. So, and that is something to be noted that uh, yeah, there is yeah. a difference. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I don't know who he's going to win, but I mean, you go and win again against uh, Ty, who really brought it too, right? He tried, dude. He tried to stay in there with every shout out to Ty Tuivasa, man. You could tell, being in his home country, he was like, "I'm not going out without swinging to the death," and he had to be submitted because of it. I mean, he fought as hard as he possibly could, but he was definitely outmatched. And then to get Ezekiel choked, crazy. Well, he had the right game plan too, Paul. And you know, because striking is your specialty, and you know that if you are significantly wrestler, shorter than your about. opponent, if you're significantly shorter than your opponent, the first line of offense is you have to attack the legs. That's the yeah. longest strike you have when you're fighting a taller opponent. Is you have to use your legs. And Ty did a really good job of that. And I mean, a couple more of those kicks. Who knows how that fight would have would have panned out? Because yeah. he really, really butchered the legs of Volkov. Um, yeah. He didn't fight a bad game plan. He fought smart. He fought as smart as you can, given the physical discrepancies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just one of those guys you hate to see lose, right? He's he's a fun guy, and I wanted a shoey in Sydney. I wanted the Sydney shoe. Yeah, it would have been. When I get off man. roundup, I might take a shoey. You know, just I think you should, my hoodie. Have a beer, but nearby. You have an old Italian leather shoe that you can possibly. <laughs> there's, there's one somewhere around here. This place is from 1947. Yeah. Uh, Morgan, um, round three. Round three. Yeah. What was uh was that the biggest title upset since COVID? And then underneath of that, they also say Sean Strickland, Fighter of the Year. Um, man, since COVID. Like, what does that mean exactly, though? Like, that's since- like since 2020. Since you should have just said biggest upset ever, but yeah. Um, I'll jump because out because there's yeah. I have a bias. Pena, Pena Nunez, the first fight. I mean, yeah, I don't even have to go into detail. You know, I can rant for days about that. So for me, Especially that's just how it how she finished it as well, right? Yeah, it's not. It wasn't just like this was. There, there's some controversy here, even though there really shouldn't be that much. It's like uh, yeah. there, there was an off night, yeah. That, you know that people are saying for Izzy and a yeah. decision, and Sean looked fantastic. And but in your case, like you're talking about for Pena, maybe yeah. underestimated, but got the finish. I mean, and that, that's the best of all time. Yeah, you know, like a, like an all time great, like first ballot Hall of Famer, yeah. which Izzy is as well. Izzy is as well for sure, but yeah, no doubt. 
No yeah, doubt. I that, agree. That was a, that's up there. Leon Edwards versus Camaro was oh, a big one. Yeah. Alexa yeah. Grasso, Valentina Shevchenko was huge. Jamal yeah. Hill. I don't know if Jamal Hill and Glover, that wasn't like nah. by the odds, by like the yeah. numbers, that wasn't a big upset. But for like the fans, I feel like it was. I feel like a lot of people really thought Glover was going to pull away with that one. Yeah, especially since he got takedowns in that fight, right? I think everybody was kind of like, oh, if he gets him down, it's going to be a wrap. And Jamal fought through all that stuff. So, yeah. And fighting yeah. himself. And he fought him in Brazil in Clubber's backyard. And for fighter of the year, I mean, we have to remember, I know we don't, we, we use the L word not very much on this show, but Sean did lose at some point in this run to get to the title. I think fighter of the year, if I was to have a candidate, it wouldn't be Sean Strickland. His performance will be one that stands out when we, when we go, go back and look back on 2023, but uh, he's not fighter of the year. Just what have his fights been thus far in fighter of, I mean, excuse me, in, in 2023 so far. Uh, Cannoneer. Nas- was, Morgan was Cannoneer. Was that in 2023? Uh, Nasruddin Mavab, but that was a 205 and he beat him. Yeah. And then he beat um, Abu. The the most perplexing Abus? matchup. Abu. 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 I said it wrong. I said Abu, like the monkey from Aladdin. <laughs> Round four, Morgan. Get me out of here. It's Morgan, after, it's after hours. It's- get me out of here. Get me out of here. Round four. Yeah, next round. (laughs) Oh, Paul, he addressed you, so you have to lead the dance. All right, Paul. So you think Izzy should get another rematch straight away? Question mark. What's your thoughts? Perhaps let's do Drickus versus Strickland and Izzy versus Cannoneer. Um, I, you know, I've thought about this. This is what I've been thinking about since Saturday night. And and I've listened to other pundits and other people's opinions on the matter. And obviously our own DC, Laura and Annex opinions on it after the, after the fact. And I'm kind of with DC on this one in that I, man, I don't, I don't, and I know Dana thinks differently mm-hmm. talking about an immediate rematch. And I know obviously Eugene Behrman wants, wants an immediate rematch yeah. and, I'm kind of okay if that doesn't happen. I mean, you know, this was wild. This was crazy. And it was decisive. And just because your guy has an off night, that doesn't necessarily warrant um, an immediate rematch. Can you prove why? I mean, if something comes out, why he didn't? But, I mean, the division could really benefit for some from fresh title fights. Let Izzy rest. Let him go chill. Let him go have fun for a little bit and not have a fight on the horizon because the dude's been busy. The dude fights all the time, and I think he would. I think he would really do well with some rest and just some chill time, and maybe just wait. Like you, you know, we talked about it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Go, go chill. Even if you if you really want to stay busy, fight somebody else. But mm-hmm. let the division kind of shake out a little bit. Whenever you decide to come back, you're the guy. I mean, there's no question. Uh, here's what I think. Um. First and foremost, like if you are a professional fighter, there is no off season. Yeah. Basketball, football, baseball, they're like there's an off season. Those are hard sports. Like we don't have an off season. And when you talk about Israel Adesanya, this is a guy that from UFC 243 to UFC 293, that's 50 pay-per-views. He's headlined 10 of those. And I think that he even headlined a tough finale against Brad Tavares. I could be wrong. Yeah, no, Sorry, he did. I had a little wine did, today. No, but he did. But his strength of schedule. It's much like Volkanovsky's where they want to fight as often as possible. And at some point that can't catch up to you. And I think for Izzy, I think it's just time to take a break, not like take a rest, 
let these fights play out. I think the best thing that they could do from a business standpoint and for Izzy, because you still, even though he lost the title, he has done so much and stepped up in so many ways that you still have to reward him when he comes back. So this is what you do. You put Drickus yeah. Duplissy, you put Drickus Duplissy in there with Sean Strickland and then let Izzy fight whoever loses that fight. And either one of those is a marketable big matchup. If Drickus loses to Sean, you get the heated rivalry between Drickus and Izzy, five-round title eliminator. If Sean loses to Drickus, you get a rematch, a big rematch that a lot of people would tune in for. So I think that that's the best move. And I feel bad for Cannoneer with me saying that because if they're going to reward Colby Covington for weighing in as the backup when Leon fought Camaro in England, then you think you would think that they're going to do the same for Cannoneer. And I don't know if they're going to do that. All I know is I think that that's, that's the right way to play out the next fight for Sean Strickland, and that will dictate the next matchup for Israel Adesanya. you got to throw Drakus to pussy in the title fight. Yeah, and I think he brings some interest, right? I mean, he's been vocal. He's been – and he's just beat Robert Whitaker. I mean <sighs> – I mean, one of the best – I mean, I still say Robert Whitaker is one of the best in the top ten, maybe top five, one of the best middleweights of all time. Probably yeah. top five. For sure. So to do that and and the way he did it, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's lots. Middleweight got real interesting on Saturday mm-hmm. night. It got real interesting. Um, sure. And Chemayev is still floating oh, out there, buddy. That's the other. I, I, I totally spaced that. And I forget Chemayev and Costa are fighting. Yeah. Chemayev could screw this whole thing up. Bro, Chemayev might throw a wrench in all the gears. Well, now they both can, though, because yeah. there was beef between Sean and Costa. If Kasha beats Jemayev, bro, they can easily just be like, oh, there it is. There it is right there. I'm telling you, middleweight got real interesting on Saturday. It's funny because middleweight was like that during COVID. I remember us doing a show and I said that like middleweight's like a tournament. Like the way they had the matchups planned out, it was almost like we had like this middleweight tournament going on. And while that doesn't feel the same as it did at that point in time, right now, everything just feels like in the middleweight division, it just got turned upside down. Sean yeah. Strickland beat Israel Asanya. Drinkus Duplissy beat Robert Whitaker. Like, you yeah. want to talk about a changing of the guard? That is the definition of it. Yeah, right there. We're in like the upside down from um, this is Stranger Things. Yeah, we're in Stranger Things for sure. I kind of <laughs> yeah, felt that way. Great I kind of felt that way on Saturday. I'm like, people are saying things on the mic they shouldn't be saying. Yeah. People are beating people oh, they shouldn't God. be beating. We can't even address that. That no, was we, terrible. We won't. We won't. We all know who, yeah, watch, those guys who said that, now. you're, yeah, you're an idiot. You're both idiots. Stupid, stupid potty mouth. Yeah. House cat. Oh. <laughs> Here Logan, I lay, stunned Logan and inspired handsome. after that incredible upset that Sean pulled off. Question for both of you. What is the time in your lives where you pulled off a daunting task by sticking to the basics? This could be in broadcasting, fighting, auditioning, wrestling, hashtag UFC Roundup. Hmm. House cat, it's a no-brainer for me. I'm sure I could dig deeper and find something else within my life outside of mixed martial arts that that, that would be a better example. But for me, it will always be the tough finale. Like hmm. daunting task, stick to the basics. Get out there, take this guy's back, hit him with your bread and butter, get over your naked choke, and get out of there. Like that will always be like that's the basics for me. Everybody's basics yeah. is different. For Sean Strickland, it's working behind the jab. For for certain people, everybody's basics in terms of mixed martial arts are different. Everybody's basics in life are different. But for me, that's the moment that stands out to me. I stuck to the basics. Get to the clinch. Get to the back. Get the choke. 
get out of there. Get done. I mean, one that really jumps off for me is um, when I fought Danny Castillo. And it was the first real big moment in my career where I was fighting on a big pay-per-view. It was Jones, Cormier, number one. Um, I was the last fight on the prelims. Uh, and I was injured going into it. I had a really bad collarbone injury and couldn't spar much, couldn't do much. And I remember just working behind the simplest things. If you watch that fight back, I threw like one twos and, and I just kept pump faking the knee because I knew Danny wanted to shoot. I never even had to really land the knee. I just, every now and then, if he looked like he was even thinking about a level change, I would pump fake the knee, jab him, leg kick him, jab him, kick him, jab one, two, and then eventually found the craziness that was a spinning back fist, but it was all set up with complete basics for the first two rounds, oh, you know, round and a half of that fight. And then it was the biggest moment of my life. It was like a button mash. Like that wasn't basic. That was a high level. I didn't mean to do that, right? It's just, he (laughs) leg kicked me. I spun through it and I countered, but I was whip. I mean, all respect to Danny. I'm always with him on the road now, but all respect. I mean, I was whipping his ass in that fight before that spinning back fist. Um, And as far as broadcasting, I do have one for broadcasting that when I auditioned for um, Dana White's contender series to get that job, same thing, man. You know, you just, be comfortable, have fun, be yourself, and, uh, you know, pick out the things. I was talking about Holly Holm versus Betch Kohei. It was my audition mm. that I had to go and do I for think that. I, I auditioned for the same one. That was Isn't the it? same event. Was that the same event when – I could be totally wrong. But was that the same event when Amanda Nunes fought Raquel Pennington? Or was that a different event? No. No, oh, it, it was. was the, uh, it was a different event, event for that one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're correct. Yeah. Yeah. And card was, I think it was in Singapore. It was in Singapore. I was thinking of a card in Brazil. When I auditioned, I had never even done a desk show. So yeah. they stuck me in front of a camera. Yeah, me I either. No not, not understanding nothing. of the terminology. When they're like, hey, rap. I'm like, rap what? A gift? Well, yeah, like, right. What are you talking about? You what does that mean? You stop talking. Yeah. Like I should right now. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they uh, should let us know those things before we get thrown in, uh, to the wolves. As somebody that's becoming more of a veteran at the desk, I try to tell the rookies, hey, these are a few little words Things you, you need help with. Yeah. Uh, before we wrap, because obviously ah. we're going to, I want to do a little just off the cuff round six. Oh. And I want to give a big shout out to Laura Sanko because wow. we, in, in, in mixed martial arts, we've had pioneers like Amanda Nunes, we've had pioneers like Juliana Pena, who was the first female to win the Ultimate Fighter. Laura Sanko is the first female to commentate a pay-per-view. And not only did she make history, but she is exceptional at what she does. She narrates the fights very well. And I want to give her flowers and say round six is just a shout out to Laura Sanko. Congrats on your your debut on a pay-per-view. You shine bright. It was music to my ears. And I feel like I pull, like, she's got so many good little one-liners that I almost want to pull my phone out and, like, jot them down and take them from her. She but does have some good one-liners. Six, Sanko, yeah. you, you really shine bright. You were one of the stars at UFC 293. Shine bright like a diamond. Shine bright like a diamond. Like a diamond. It really was good, man. I, yeah. you know, a lot of um, people were probably like, oh, we're going to, you know, oh, man, it's a big step up. I, I, I don't think she was nervous i think she handled it well i didn't and i was listening and watching as if it was just another pay-per-view you know she worked really well with dc and john 
Um, sounded like a vet. It sounded like a vet. Like and, there before. And, and it's great, man, because you know that was a that was that's a big journey too. To like that's a long trip. It's weird hours to call those kind of fights. Loud crowd. It, it's a crazy crowd. It's a big yeah. jump from like you you work contender, you work some smaller fight nights, and then you get you get the big show. But you're not getting the big show. You're getting the you're getting the big show down under that you got to go and travel to. So nice, nicely said there, Michael. Thank you. I had to do it. I just I kind of kept that ace up my sleeve. I wanted to surprise you guys, but yeah, good on Laura saying. Glad we talked about it ahead of time, and I could have been more prepared for it. But, <laughs> hey, what can I know. say? I've been drinking wine today, so I'm you know I'm a little erratic. You know I'm a little. Uh, well, I mean I just it's, finished, it's, it's, I just finished me, my beer. Good. Just right now, it's this is UFC Roundup After Hours. UFC After Dark and uh, Paul Felder. That's Michael Chiesa. More than midnight hours. Don't forget that we have Alexa Grasso and Mediterranean. Uh, Shevchenko coming at you this Saturday. And the co-main event is the last guy to beat me versus... Uh, what's Kevin it? Holland versus... No, uh, Kevin Holland versus... Uh, that other guy? Jack Della Maddalena. <laughs> That's a great I, knew, I just wanted to say his initials, J.D. Who you got there? Who you got there, Michael, before we go? Who you got? Recency bias. I mean, you always root for the guys you fight, whether they beat you or yeah. you beat them. I'm pulling for Kevin Holland, um, Trailblazer, all the way to the top. All right. And in there the main go. event, Grasso. And that's a paper that's a pay per view worthy title fight. So I might as well give you guys my predictions. Main and Coleman. I'm taking Holland. I'm taking Valentina Shevchenko, and I'm going to bed. I'm getting the hell out of here. Yeah, I'm not going to go to bed. I'm going to have dinner with my family. It's not that late <laughs> here, but. Uh... I'm going to have one more beer and then I'm going to wake up and train tomorrow because guess there what? I might be coming back. I might not be coming back. We're going to find out. <laughs> We're going to find out in like six months. <laughs> I'll be anxiously waiting, Paul. Yeah. If my hip holds up. <laughs> All right. And All right. guys, UFC roundup, as always, we'll be back for UFC 294. That's going down in Abu Dhabi. I'll um, be there. And you'll be there. I'll be here. Maybe I'll be there. There's a potential oh, grapple well, there, Conor McGregor. We got him. Can't in. really say too much, but make sure you tune into UFC Roundup. Peace.